Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are we really born again, true believers? Or is everything around us simply waiting to die? Hmm. Yes, indeed. This is the Reverend Dr. Remzo Martinez trying to spill your entertainment and comic book needs soul. And with that, we've got the cult leader himself, the funk master, Mr. Mark Claire. Mark, I no, I, I are you no born idea again? This, I had no idea this show would start on, on, I, on I such a philosophical note. And I hit my, my headset, and now everything is just off. Mm. Okay. Well, let's start it over. No, because now I'm already in the zone. Nah, I'm I already got it right now. Wait, does that mean I have to do that whole bit again? <laughs> <laughs> I just love having the power to restart the show at any point in time. I'm going to keep this in my back pocket. Now, nah, we'll we'll leave this all in. We're just having fun here. You know that that's the fun with doing a live show. You know, the foibles, they all stay in. It you is just got to you just gotta be with us in the moment. Because my commitment is to no longer edit this show. That was the agreement that we had coming back, that I would no longer do fine-tuned, in-detail editing. We would just do this fucker live. So, yeah, we're going to leave it all in. I don't Much care. Like I might even run the intro in the middle wrong. of the show. Yeah. All right, Rem. So, so now that you got me waxing off philosophical about uh, rebirths and phoenixes rising and this sort of thing, what 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 the hell are you talking about here? We are what, jumping a little bit into Daredevil: Born Again, Disney's equivalent of what I would call the Mandalorian, and by that I simply mean they've lost all goodwill by destroying the rest of the franchise. So now they're just really leaning in on the one ounce of goodwill that they still have with this one single property. And I, hey, you wait, like baby Yoda, right? I haven't, let's dude, give you I him again. Even, I didn't even, I haven't even started this season. So I really don't have, I really do not have an opinion right now. It might be really good for all I know. I watched one episode and I probably will watch the rest at some point, but it, it didn't compare. It made me realize what this show is going to be. And I didn't really, I wasn't really a fan of what it was going to be. It was already kind of formulaic where it was just, okay, Mando needs to get baby Yoda somewhere, but first he's got to stop at this planet and help them defeat a monster. And then no problem. They'll send him off to the next place where guess what? Someone else needs help solving a caper of some kind. So we'll do that. And we move on. Um, that was actually better than where they are now. This is not a Mandalorian review. Uh, we, the reason I actually haven't done the Mandalorian reviews is because, you know, myself and my oftentimes Mandalorian and Star Wars reviewing partner, Dan Smonts, just he has been watching the show a little bit more. I, I couldn't make it past episode one I, in terms of my enthusiasm to dig into it because it really is just like, here's Baby Yoda. Remember him? You like him. Please stay. That, that's what I'm hearing from folks that have been watching the season so far. And I think my wife and I are going to watch it this weekend and just binge everything up until uh, the recent episode. But it, it's all like, you know, I watch it because I like it. But I'm starting to see that The Mandalorian is getting like Walking Dead fatigue. My parents watched The Walking Dead until the end of the uh, of the main series. Now they're doing like Fear the Walking Dead. And I think they're doing like Dead City or something like that. They have a, a lot of time in their hands, huh? They I don't mean, have podcasts. They're not. They're, they're not. They're, 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 not they're not like us talking about the important <laughs> shit. But you know, like I, I stopped watching The Walking Dead. Yeah, I think eight. people like us spending an afternoon talking about a show that's coming out in like a year and a half don't really have any place judging how people spend their time. No, <laughs> so I take that back. But we get a few laughs in between. But like I, I stopped watching The Walking Dead in like 2016, around the time they brought Negan on. Uh, I feel like I'm starting to get to that point with The Mandalorian, where it's like you know just how far. Do I really need to go? This is why very often I don't watch a TV series until like the whole thing is basically over because I kind of need so to you have can spoil some, it for yourself like you'd so love I to do with spoil movies it for myself. Well, I did that with Breaking Bad and I love you did Breaking that with Spider-Man No Way Home. Did I, though? Yes, you did. <laughs> well, all this in mind, 
Disney is trying to pimp out the return of Daredevil into the main MCU. Like, you know, it's an ex trying to remind you of that one hot night in Hawaii. It was fun then, but will it be fun now? Because Remember that sexy dress weird. I wore that night? The, the hotel I can bring is that costume out. back. I can bring the red horns back. Come on. <laughs> you liked it. You Remember the Punisher? Back. Remember when I brought him in? Come on. He was cool. <laughs> it's um it's it's like that. So I mean they're they're putting out little pieces and you know some people call them leaks, others have just been like straight up announcements by the actors. I think Disney is just you know not even quietly telling people you need to start putting shit out because people are starting to get upset with us. And I find that a lot of the Daredevil born again information always comes out when Marvel is in kind of a PR shit show, because we started getting a lot of it around um, his She-Hulk cameo because that series was in the dump. So they were like, let's go ahead and tell people we're doing like a 20 something episode for a season. And then, you know, with the uh, catastrophic fall in box number in box office numbers for uh, Ant-Man, the Wasp, Quantumania, they've now announced that not only will uh, John Bernthal be returning as the Punisher for a significant role, according to Vincent D'Onofrio, but uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, D'Onofrio. I always get that fucked up. D'Onofrio has also admitted that they will be doing two seasons of Daredevil Born Again. So I, two seasons or are they splitting? Are they doing a half season? Because they announced 18 episodes. Are, are you saying it's 18 episodes and then more or it's like nine and nine? They, the they were not. They were not specific about that. But I mean, getting two episodes alone at least means we're going to get several years of Daredevil content coming out. So, you know, this always comes at a point where things are not going good. So drop Daredevil. And so far. I, is this like when the government does UFO disclosure every six months when some other some shit's getting bad, like there's a lot of inflation, the economy, the war. They're like, hey, remember UFOs? It's the same thing. It's like Baby Yoda. It's like, hey, remember UFOs? You like those, right? We're going to talk about those That's some the more. best way to describe it. <laughs> and uh, da- Daredevil is basically Marvel Disney's UFO. They're, they're running on goodwill that isn't really there. They're trying to remind people of nostalgia to simply try and, you know, bury their own mistakes. I mean, we I think we talked about a little bit on a, on a prior episode. They brought in a lot of the writers from CW's Arrow in. And while I liked Arrow, Arrow and Daredevil, while you could say they have similarities – it, there's a pretty wide gap between the level of violence and intensity and drama between the two series. Um, I mean, when when uh, when Daredevil came out in 2014, that first season, people were like, "It's kind of like Arrow, but way more badass." I don't I don't know if by bringing in a lot of the Arrow team from CW that Marvel is going to draw it back. But we have begun to see them draw back on a lot of the violence, on a lot of the drama. We saw a lot of this with what they end up doing with um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, in which after they released the full first season of that, they went back and actually started making edits to old episodes. The most violent scene in that uh, early in the season being a flashback of the winter soldier killing uh, a scientist in which you see the guy laying in like a puddle of blood. They eliminated the blood and it's like, you know, daredevil, especially a puddle of a season. green slime from yeah. uh, like Nickelodeon, you know? <laughs> yeah. So they, um, they, they did that. And now it, it's just a matter of like, you know, that, that first season of Daredevil from 2014, especially season two when they brought in the Punisher, just buckets of blood, buckets of blood. So you, you take that into consideration, what they've already done to other characters. Now, you know, after She-Hulk's complete fuck up of Matt Murdock and Daredevil, I'm looking at this and I'm just like, you guys are really on a razor thin you know, surface right now. And with them announcing that they're bringing the Punisher in, it's like, okay, how are you going to treat the Punisher now that he's well, obviously he's going to have a one night stand with She-Hulk while she's running through her dating apps and no guns because Disney is anti-gun. Do you think they're really going to do no guns with Punisher? Cause they do. They did put the Punisher series up on Disney plus on the like adult side. So it's there. You can see it in its current state. But that might be a different thing on their end from saying we own this content. We'll let adults access it versus we're now going to make this content. But I, I can't even 
comprehend how a Punisher could be made without guns unless they're all off camera. And we just we just hear about the horrible things he's done, but we never even see like bad guys going like flailing about. I, I don't see how that can happen. Did you ever watch the 90s animated Spider-Man? No, Remzo. So actually that, that one, I'm impressed, though, because, you know, you were like a fetus then. If you I, were even I grew born, up so. on that fucking show. OK, well, I, I had the sh- I had the Spider-Man shoes and everything. Was that around? Is that on the same time as X-Men, the animated series and Batman, the animated series? Right after. Okay. Then that's right probably after. when I just fell off, like watching cartoons. And stuff yeah. Like so that. like 95, 96. When I was 35. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 95, 96. And I think it went for uh, like uh, uh, more than a few seasons through 1998. Um, but on that show, uh, because I think I think marvel entertainment was actually a subsidiary of fox i might be a little incorrect of that but it was part of their fx kids you're incorrect about that but they they probably just licensed it to, to yeah i think well well fox had a large for i think this was so this was when marvel I mean, was fox a, still owns those same x-men licenses that they used to create the animated series the movies like that is like i mean i don't know how many times it had been extended I mean, the Fox isn't known anymore now. Martin it Disney was, does, but pro- but Disney took on that that existing. Yeah. So so this was this was around the time that Disney was trading at its own company before Disney. I'm sorry, that was this when Marvel was trading as its own private company before Marvel went bankrupt uh, right in the early 2000s. But um, you know the rules that Fox set up for most of the Marvel programming, especially post X-Men was Spider-Man is not allowed to punch people. You cannot show guns with bullets and you cannot show stab wounds, but that was an animated series. Like, like, but hear me, hear me out, hear me out. When they brought in the Punisher, they still showed the Punisher of all his laser guns and bazookas, but he never shot anybody. He would shoot at people, but he would always miss. I have a feeling that, they're going to find some way to not take those specific rules. I'm only using that example, but they're going to set their own boundaries. You cannot show the Punisher stabbing people. You cannot show the Punisher shooting people point blank. You cannot show him running through a prison, shanking people and snapping necks. I think we're going to see some insanely toned down violence. We're going to have a lot of off camera explanations and it's just going to be, you know, the Punisher, but neutered, much like we have Daredevil neutered, much like we saw in Hawkeye Kingpin getting beaten up by Kate Bishop. I well, mean, it's in, just it doesn't in defense it, of that scene in defense of that scene. Slight defense. She did like blow him up with like three arrows and he still with like explosive arrows and he still kept coming. So, I mean, you know, they, they showed him to be some kind of extraordinary tough guy in that as well. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, um, that's my biggest worry about all of this is it's not that they're going to, I think they're going to try in, in their own Disney way. That's the problem though. It's going to be in their own Disney way, in their own Disney way to please the, the daredevil fans, the people that are coming in for this show. Cause why else do this show? Um, you already have enough direct content for other people. You already have your miss Marvels, your she hulks, et cetera, your, your Falcon and winter soldiers, even, you don't need a daredevil unless it's to try to appease those fans of the Netflix series, fans of the character and bring them all into this. Uh, at the same time though, if that is your goal, why are you putting him in she Hulk in the role that he's in where he is just a, a, a fuck toy um, for Jennifer Walters and he's walking home with this holding his shoes. And you know, there's fair arguments, I suppose. They're just stupid arguments that look, it's just that's just a comedic take on this. And th- th- there's no problem with comedic takes on things, but there is when you're doing a connected universe and you're actually saying, She Hulk, this these events occurred in this actual universe that is going to be the same actual universe that Daredevil Born Again is going to exist in. So which is it? Do you want me to not care about it because it's just a funny, silly thing? Or is it a connected universe? And that that's the problem with... I, I'm good with different tones. There probably should be different tones to different shows and different characters. But there's different tones. And then there's a character acting nothing like the character. And, and I think that's the problem people have with this. Yeah, and I mean, they, they're not making the, the blatant claims about the tone for this show that they are. If like, let's say, Deadpool. They have stood by the fact that Deadpool will be rated R and Deadpool will be Deadpool. Um, I don't know if Marvel would still stick with the M rating for a television series, 
And that's the thing. So, you know, I, I, I've questioned many times. It's like if if Disney had finalized their deal with Fox just a couple of years prior than when they did, would we have gotten the movie like Logan? That type of stuff. And I think that's I think that's part of my problem with um, with a lot of superhero movies coming out. Marvel has just taken up so much of the it, it. Marvel is the reason why movie theaters are not out of business, basically that and Top Gun. Marvel is basically keeping the movie theater industry in business. Is it though? I mean, maybe maybe they are still in the, in the sense of lagging, but man, the numbers are dropping across the board, including for every single Marvel film. I mean, just looking at Ant-Man, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but it's really unbelievable because Marvel will tout these, rec- these huge numbers for Ant-Man. But if you just look at the people, the numbers, sure, but, because but the movie prices at- are double. Less people saw Ant-Man and... The, or less people saw Ant-Man Quantumania than saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. Which is one of those things where it's just like even your lowest performing franchise mm-hmm. film is still doing better than 99% of the movies out in the market. Well, it's kind of like how any any live TV, any sport, anything, it can be anything, will get a big TV deal. It doesn't matter how popular it is because it will be it will still do so much better than anything else that's on TV. Yeah. And uh, that's that's kind of like where they're they're falling into things. So, you know, while, while I agree that, yeah, tonally they can change because like, you know, people were like, oh, Daredevil should always be brooding. Well, I would argue that, you know, there have been comedic uh, Daredevil stories within the Daredevil titles, such as Mark Wade's uh, Daredevil run, which I really liked. So, I mean, you know, when when characters guest starred in the She-Hulk comics, usually they were a little bit more funny. And that's so, my uh, favorite Daredevil run. So I'm not I'm certainly I, not I one of those who's pining for a brooding sat. In fact, that's the the season of Daredevil. I couldn't even get all the way through. I made it about halfway and I was like, I, you know, when I've watched half half of it and I'm hating the experience at some point, I need to just decide I'm not doing it season three and that was uh, all he did was brood that was that was the entire plot of of the season and i tapped out so i'm certainly not pining for a brooding daredevil but you do but the character doesn't take itself seriously the issue is though should that be his first reintroduction some may argue that it was no way home i wouldn't even really argue that my thing is you need to see him in the costume for that to be the real genuine, this is how you're reestablishing him type mm-hmm. of deal. And while I, I'm not against that type of thing, because if you change the tone of what She-Hulk was into a dark brooding drama, then that would have been a disservice to the show. The show is a disservice to itself in many ways. But for Daredevil, that's not how you do it. And, you know, I, I I'm going to watch it. That's that's the thing about it. Like Disney is gonna is gonna keep winning. I don't even call Marvel Marvel anymore. Marvel is just Disney, and um, you know may, maybe we can kind of caveat to some of the recent news. Uh, Disney has just done some massive layoffs across the board, primarily targeting Marvel Entertainment. They went ahead and uh, fired one of the presidents who's been at the company since the formation of Marvel Studios. But even bigger, they went ahead and fired Ike Perlmutter. Ike Perlmutter has been the president of Marvel Entertainment, which oversaw the formation of Marvel Studios and uh, was directly in charge of the publishing and toy and licensing arm of Marvel. He was basically like the Avia Rod of comics. But now what you've got is, um, you know, Marvel as a as kind of like a separate company within the larger Disney conglomerate is now basically still Marvel. You will still have a Marvel office and Marvel brand, but Marvel itself is less of its own separate thing. And it's really, you know, just another part of Disney entertainment. It's being shelved. There are even rumors that the, that the uh, Marvel office, the main office in, um, in New York city will be shut down and it will be relocated towards, I think the Disney headquarters in Florida or something like that. So essentially what this does is this brings an end of the era of Marvel being a autonomous company because it went from being private to then being on um, you know a publicly traded company going through bankruptcy going back to being private then being bought by Disney and then having its studio arm being bought by Disney as well so Marvel Entertainment Marvel Studios full package and now it's just one section of a larger company 
And Ke- that, Kevin that Feige's really... gonna be uh, gonna be moving down to Orlando, and he's gonna just have like a, a corner of Bob of Bob Iger's office. <laughs> well, a lot of people are indicating that uh, Feige was one of the reasons why this happens because Feige had been fighting for a larger spot in the publishing arm and toy arm of Marvel Entertainment for some years while Ike Perlmutter wanted a larger seat in Disney Studios. Perlmutter um, had a lot of say in Marvel phase, in the MCU phase one, but as Disney came in and started changing things up, they pushed them aside because they just weren't getting along. So um, Kevin Feige has for years said that he wanted more integration between the themes and the stories and the types of mediums that can elevate the movies seen in the Marvel entertainment arm toys, comic books, video games, television that has been happening quite a bit, but now it's really solidified it, but there's no say that that has happened in terms of Feige being the one dictating everything. It seems like you're going to have some new leadership coming in specifically handpicked by Disney to come do that. And um, you and I were talking a little bit off camera before we started and you asked, you know, is Marvel just Disney now? And and I would argue Marvel's been Disney for a while. Um, I I would say it really started with the all new, all different Marvel era in which you really began to see that the comic books specifically are just turning into merchandising items for the movies, for the shows and everything. And they've lost their uniqueness. They've failed to tell authentically original stories like what Marvel was really known for. And now what you have is them just basically, you know, being fodder material for people that just want more stuff related to the MCU. So much so that they've changed whole characters. They've changed uh, whole parts of uh, Marvel canon. They have elevated characters that should not be elevated. They have introduced folks simply for the sake of saying, look, it's based in the comics. The term based on the the term like based on the comics now is so loose because what they'll do is they'll announce that character is going to be like based on a true story. You know, yeah, some of these things might have sort of happened, but otherwise, yeah, they, they will go ahead and introduce a character in a movie or a show. They will announce it. And then right when they announce it, they announce that they're going to put them in the comic book. So then there's some familiarity and they can say, look, it was in the comics first. It's like, no, you announced it. Then you went ahead and put it in the comics. But you know that the comics were rushed. I I think the most egregious example recently, um, and we covered it here on a very early episode, was what they did to Nick Fury. For decades, the black Nick Fury, the Samuel L. Jackson Nick Fury, was, was found in the Ultimate Comics. But because Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury became so damn popular, they completely found a way to bastardize, uh, you know, white Nick Fury, Hasselhoff Nick Fury, put him put him aside. And then they just went ahead and crammed in Samuel L. Jackson Nick Fury, divorce of his ultimate you know, counterpart is completely made a new character, made him Nick Fury over a 12 issue limited series that really nobody read. Thank God and it wasn't 12. It was a six issue battle six scars that we series, read. Yeah. My God, 12. I don't think we'd be on this podcast right yeah, now. We will have ended things sooner, but um, you know, they, they went ahead and did that. And then they're like, look, this is your new Nick Fury. Isn't he just like the one in the movies? And it's like, that's not how you do it, bro. That's not how it's done. That's just one example. But I mean, in in terms of Marvel being its own true identity and everything else, I, you know, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, now it's the death of Marvel." No, it died a while ago. They just now basically said it's it's put to sleep. Yeah, the, the, it just took a while for the body to decay, essentially. But I mean, yeah. ultimately, the the death of Marvel began when Stan Lee and when it got out of private control. At the end of the day, you know that because then at least at that point it was. Despite obviously, you know, there's ups and downs, good decisions, bad decisions, highs and lows, or what have you. But at the end of the day, it was still a comic book company whose intention was to make comic books and sell comic books. And yes, sometimes they licensed out their properties for cartoons, for animated series, movies, whatever it may be. But that was just a way that they used their comic books to create more revenue. Now it's kind of flipped around. Which makes no sense, because if you really think about this, now their idea is we want our our books to reflect our movies. So we got to have a Sam Jackson, you know, Nick Fury in the book. We got to have the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now they got to look like the movie Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh, oh, wait, Drax suddenly looks like Dave Bautista now. Um, little things like that. Whereas their their books don't sell well. 
These are not high selling books. So it's not like somebody is going to pick up the Guardians of the Galaxy comic and be like, oh, this is so cool. And then see that there's a Guardians of the Galaxy movie and go see it because Drax looks the same now or Nick Fury looks the same now. Uh, That's absurd. What would make much more sense would be to be a comic book company, have that arm of it be a comic book company that just makes comics and is focused on making comics and making good comics and trying to get good comic sales by making good comics and catering them to comics fans. And then... And then you create hype around those characters and then you can put them in movies and say, hey, look, there's a movie about this. And they they don't need to look the same or sound the same or feel the same. But what happens when they try to turn a movie into a comic and a comic into a movie and have it be be all the same across the board? It's it's like socialism. They they flatten everything out. Everything has to be the same. So everything has to be vanilla. Everything has to be boring. It can't be, you know. All, all the way out there. You can't let writers go off and do really weird, dark stories here and there because that's not going to fit with the plainness of the overall brand. And I think that's just clear as day now that in when it comes to phase four properties, everything has just been plain and not just plain, but there's no longer reverence for the characters. That was what made the original movies so, so well received, not just in the box office, but by comic fans, by people like you and me is that we went to see Iron Man and we went to see Captain America and you could feel that there was reverence for the characters. The movies were made to, to shine a light on these already existing characters that weren't that popular in the mainstream, but they were still pretty much basing them on their actual stories in the book with some tweaks here and there or what have you, but they're not, they're not inverting the character. They're not going in some crazy old dark direction. They're giving you the character because they're good fucking characters. So when done right, they click on all cylinders as those early phase one, phase two movies did. They did well in the box office and they were praised pretty well by comic fans. But now you see a lot more division. You see a lot more, a lot less box office success when you prorate it, when you take into account inflation and the actual numbers behind these these things. Um, They're far less popular because they're far more watered down. But at the end of the day, it's not just the amount of content, although that's a huge factor, of course. Um, Kevin Feige is overseeing 30 things instead of two at a time or what have you. Uh, Of course, there's going to be watering down. But it's the fact that there's no more reverence for these characters anymore. Uh, and it's funny how to see how they react because maybe, maybe in, in some way there is a, a, a counter reaction in a sense, you know, maybe it's like the Top Gun Maverick effect where maybe there is some realization. Maybe this is part of why they brought in Bob Iger, who is more of a businessman and might not care as much about the woke stuff or just pleasing what have you, uh, pleasing whatever uh, alphabet person needs to be propped up to say that they did so great because they worked on a show. Who cares if the show sucks? Who cares if it doesn't have anything to do with the characters? Who cares if they've never read comic books before, which is a huge problem with the MCU properties that the people they bring in to write and direct these shows oh, the, openly the admit in interviews right. that they the don't Hulk read comics. straight up said she never read a comic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's like and don't they- care to. And don't care to. I, I could even be okay if you never read a comic and you got hired to read a book. But then you better sit your ass down and start reading for like a month. Just fucking sequester yourself. Get the Marvel Unlimited app at $7 a month and read every damn issue. And, and, and it doesn't mean you have to use all that, but you have to know you, get, you should get that overall humility. You should you should develop your own reverence for the character. And when the writing and the creative team and the directors don't have their own reverence for the character, of course, that's going to come across in the actual product. And that's where we are now. And but so th- this could really go two ways with Daredevil Born Again. There's a there's a come to Jesus moment, so to speak, uh, and they really do born it again. That's probably not proper grammar. They they really do bring back a, a more you know a, I don't expect it to be the same as the Netflix show. It obviously won't be, but something more akin to that to capturing the the vibe and being reverent towards the character. Of course, early indications, as we saw with She-Hulk, are not that that's the case. So that that's that's what we can hope, but they really haven't given us any evidence for that. Why, why not so we can hope it all day long. But. Yeah, like why not just call it Daredevil season four? Well, because that's probably because it's probably not, <laughs> and I, uh, for good or for bad, it's probably not going to be Dare- Daredevil season four. I, my guess is they're not going to officially acknowledge that series a- as in a way that makes it a hundred percent definitive that that happened. But I think they will do enough things that if you want it to be your headcanon, you it can be. So speaking of that, uh, while well, we've got um, you know Kingpin back, Punisher back. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Matt Murdock back. There are two very key characters from the from the Netflix era that will not be coming back. The actors and uh, the the actor and the actress who played Foggy Nelson and uh, uh, Karen Page. Which I, I just think- heard that Karen Page is coming back, and that that he's a, she's his girl. And, and that will really? happen. But that that is not in the sense of a, a caster or an official hiring. But it was, I think, I don't know if, who it was, but it was, uh, might have been Vincent D'Onofrio or, or somebody. I saw a so, with him. But they, so they said they, Karen Page is, is his girl. Ultimately. So he, here's where things get weird because they have already started to recast certain people. So as far as I mm-hmm. know, they can't recently, recast Foggy, man. Foggy was such a perfect casting. That was great. Like even Karen Page, like in, in season three of, of Daredevil, she really carried that season in a way that made sense. Yeah, because Daredevil was busy being sad the whole time. Yeah, like it was really fucking good. I really liked how she did it. I really like I, I loved Foggy throughout both seasons. But um, the actress who played Vanessa Fisk, uh, from the Daredevil series, she has been recasted with a different actress. So while people are saying that you will have you will have Karen Page and you will probably have Foggy, um, the actors haven't said anything. And this doesn't sound like they're misleading us. Like you know, Andrew Garfield, I'm not in, uh, you know, No Way Home or something like that. It straight up looks like they just brought in different actors, which in and of itself, it happens. It's fine, but um, that I think that's. Uh, that that's kind of sad because for three seasons we built up a lot of rapport with both the actor and the actress who played uh, Foggy and Karen. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see that. But as far as story goes, we actually began to get some born again plot points. The biggest one, which is yet to be completely confirmed, but seems mostly true, is that this will actually take part between the blip. And his ending up representing Spider-Man in No Way Home. So basically, this is going to fill us up to the point where uh, Kingpin appears in Hawkeye and then the upcoming Echo series. So I don't think that series is even going to happen. You don't? It was already delayed by over a year. I, I think Disney's in this spot now where now, now that they have the numbers, now that they've their, their internal numbers, which we're not privy to, now that they have the numbers for Miss Marvel, for She-Hulk, for all these projects that they've pumped so much money into until they pull the production team, the animation team off to go do something else. Um, and that they have this whole slate, this whole lineup set up of like, you know, 20, 30, 20 to 30 projects over the next few years. At least when it comes to the, the Disney Plus series, I think they're realizing there's no return on this investment. They're not getting new subscribers because of Miss Marvel. In fact, Disney has been hemorrhaging subscribers. They keep raising the price and they keep losing subscribers. So now suddenly, whereas in the beginning it was pumping all this money to all these shows with such a great way to bring all these fans in. Now they're actually just losing the fans. They're losing the people that don't see the value. I mean, even just looking at the surface, they're almost the same price as Netflix. They might be the same price as Netflix now. So what was a great value when they first came out at $4.99 for all the Disney library, all the Marvel stuff and this and that and Star Wars doesn't seem like as great a value when it's just all the Disney stuff for the same price as Netflix, which, you know, for bad or for good has a lot more content, a lot more diverse content. It really does have like something for everybody in a sense, whereas Disney doesn't really have that um not in the same way not with the same kind of diversity so i don't i think they're realizing these shows just aren't profitable so 
I don't know if they're literally going to cancel them, but I think especially with bringing in Bob Iger to reevaluate things and, and all these layoffs, I mean, I don't know if they'll maybe they've already done too much to cancel the shows. Uh, maybe just in the sense of even saving face, they don't want to admit, oh yeah, we. I, I, so you're probably right. They probably will end up finishing Echo because if they're going to cancel a show, it's probably not going to be with the, the the deaf Latina woman. Um, <laughs> it's probably not going to be that one, but maybe it will be because uh, I, I can't see all of these projects continuing because so many of them have been pushed back already. So and that, so that's going to push everything back. And if they keep hemorrhaging subscribers and hemorrhaging money in the same way, at some point, someone's going to say, we're not just going to keep making shows at, at, at millions and millions of dollars of losses. Yeah. I mean, for, for better or worse, at least when we look at what has happened to DC over the last like five years, DC made decisions based off one thing. Was this making money? They went ahead and cut like half their writers and editors overnight in 2020 during the Night of Long Knives at the DC uh, Comics office because they're like they called it the Night Night. of Long Knives. Yeah, (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was maybe two years ago. I feel like when they massively slashed their titles. And you you pick up a DC previews book now. There's still like a billion books a month, and and 30 of them are Batman books. No joke. There's so many Batman books because Batman books sell. So yeah, they cut all the the fat, not all the fat. There's still some fat, but they cut a lot of the fat because they're a business at the end of the day. Even if they're a business owned by a larger company owned by a larger company, they're still a business. And and at least DC is somewhat treating their stuff like a business now, the movies and the comics. Whereas I don't even know what Disney is treating Marvel like. Certainly not a business, at least not when it comes to comics and certainly not when it comes to you know the, the slate of Disney Plus stuff and the way they've done that stuff too. It, it certainly wasn't to cater to comic fans. No. And I mean, look at uh, look at the last Walter Hamada era dc studios movie that they produced it was um batgirl and when it went over and left at&t and became warner brothers discovery the warner brothers discovery board is like you know what we'd rather just take a giant financial loss and write it off on our taxes than put this out because was that with a black batgirl or yeah is that the am i thinking of the black the batwoman it it had it had michael keaton as Batman, that. it had J.K. Simmons returning as Commissioner Gordon, and he was like, "I don't know what's going on." And then you had the, you know, the the black the black Batgirl, and they and it had Brendan Fraser as Firefly, and they were just like, "You know what? We're we're this is never gonna see the light of day." So they, they saw the whale, and they were like, "We're not doing anything with Brendan Fraser. We're not going to no. compete with that." Show. <laughs> By the way, I am so. Have you watched The Whale, Remzo? No, I'm waiting for it to go on HBO Max. I watched it because my wife made the argument, which is a pretty good argument and pretty smart. She really wanted to see it, and it was twenty dollars. You had you can only buy it, you know, for twenty dollars. That's it. You can't you can't rent it yet, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to pay twenty dollars for this movie. She's like, think about how many other wives would be asking to go to a fancy dinner and go buy shoes. I'm asking you to buy a twenty dollar movie, and that Damn. was a really good argument because that because yeah. that, that was the, that was a pretty cheap date. I was like, all right, so I'll buy this movie that I don't want to watch. Oh my god, oh my god. I recognize Darren Aronofsky as a talented filmmaker, but it seems like the goal of every one of his movies is to just make you sad and make you hate humanity <laughs> and and make you want to die yourself by the end of the movie. Even The Wrestler, which is probably his movie that I like the most, is not exactly an uplifting movie. In fact, you're left to think maybe he died at the end. It's, it's up in the air. Um, I would not call any of his works uplifting, but this this movie is a new fucking low. And again, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a quote unquote bad movie. Yes, the acting is good. Brendan Fraser is good. Holy fuck, though. Oh, my God. It's horrible. And you're going to watch it because your wife's going to want to see it and you're going to rent it. And I'm curious how you feel afterwards, because I, I wanted to to take my own life, to be honest. I almost <laughs> I almost uh, went, went to go see that in theaters. I forgot what, what else oh, we went to go I'd be, see. I was, my, my only solace was that I didn't pay $20 per ticket for it, which actually you know, you so $20 to buy it was a good deal. Yeah. You know what it was? We went to go see Violent Night instead of The Whale. I, wish um, we saw, I wanted to see that. Violent Night. Is, I should have gone with you guys. True, left her home watching The a, Whale. It's a true <laughs> Christmas classic now. I'll just say that. And it's getting a sequel. Um. But you know, with with with, uh, with that movie, uh, Warner 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 Brothers Discovery was like, we're just gonna. Oh yeah, we were talking about Batgirl now. before I went before I went <laughs> anti Whaleman. It, it um, is impressive though. Yeah. Uh, you know, I said they, that Marvel wouldn't cancel the, the the show with the deaf Latina woman, but DC canceled the show with the you know the black Batgirl. So the, the movie with the black Batgirl. So maybe maybe cooler heads will prevail prevail and they'll be like, we don't need this to lose fifty million dollars just to show them we did a black Batgirl. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, I think that's what's what's happening right now. Like Disney, Disney never wants to admit when they've done wrong, and they would rather lose money to say that they were right in spite of the facts than ever admit to wrongdoing. Which and, is not what a business does. It, which, exactly. And, and but, like, I'm not. Yeah. I don't want to get political here. Um, uh, but you know. Th- this ESG stuff, all, all, there are there are actual literal incentives now for companies to do things that are not financially wise, but get them points in another way um, that does sort of help them financially in in the in the in the larger sense in terms of their finances, their banking. So this doesn't come from nowhere, um, but it is good to see that there is at least some businessmen that they're bringing in, like Bob Iger. Um, who that dude was straight up retired. He was like, Oh I'm yeah. Done. Relaxing. They're like, we need you. Yeah. They're like, like they, they, man, I think he's back, back for two years or something like that. Just to like patch things up. Yeah. So. He's really, he's really laying deep on the interim CEO type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I wouldn't want to attack, but I mean, you know, I'm sure he's making absurd amounts of money to come back. So, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, you've got, you've got that end with another DC comparison. We we went ahead on the last pop episode. We, we discussed all of James Gunn stuff and, you know, while I might not be happy with uh, his current first chapter decisions for content, primarily why the fuck would you start with creatures commandos in the, in the Rolling Stones. I don't know if it was Vanity Fair or another interview he did. He, he kind of attacked the prior DC model when it was at AT&T, as well as some subtle jabs at Marvel Studios, because he basically said, like, you know, we're going to make movies where the script is done and where it makes sense and where it's cohesive and where it's, you know, it's respecting fans, but it's genuinely a good movie. And it's like, damn, that's pretty good. We're not going to go ahead. We're willing to postpone movie dates if the stuff is not quality, which I mean, looking at any of the CGI in phase four alone, I, I even say first chapter phase five of Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, it's like they don't want to put out shit that looks like shit. They're not just willing to put it out to put it out. So it's like the quality Whereas Marvel decision, is more than willing. They're, yeah. they're almost they're almost proud of it. They're like, yeah, we don't finish. our We move our animation teams off stuff before it's done because we got to move into another project and then we just put it out. That's what we do. We don't care. Yeah. And, and he's willing to allow directors to have more artistic control over their films while not always conforming them to like the James Gunnification of movies. So he's like, not everything is going to look like a James Gunn movie or show or whatever but he's like but we're gonna have to have a little bit more control so it's gonna be let the directors direct but don't completely like shit on them meaning we're not gonna have another Zack snyder situation where we completely distort his shit and just go all crazy with edits and studio recommendations it's like we're, tr- we're treating this like our own thing we are dc studios i am the president and this is this is basically the code of context for what we're following you compare that to anything marvel and it's like that's just that's just not happening and for all, all the criticisms that we had and the questions that we had and the skepticism that we had uh, of james gunn and and his whole vision for the dcu um at least if nothing else i don't really have much question that of whether james gunn has reverence for the characters now it, it is Odd to me that his reverence all seems to be related to Grant Morrison stories, but, but nonetheless, uh, he clearly does have reverence for the characters themselves, uh, and I, I don't think we're going to see Daredevil type situations in in, no. the, in the DCU with him with him overseeing things. I just, I just don't. No, I mean, I would I would even make the case that despite uh, you know all of the mishaps that have happened in the lead up to James Gunn's you know ascent to power, even though I personally don't even think i like him at this point like i i've seen a lot of the behind the scenes stuff like i don't even know if i really like that starbucks manager look you know Uh, everything about him i'm like i think that there's a better chance that under james gunn uh warner brothers discovery and dc studios will succeed at the box office and succeed of critical acclaim and succeed of audiences more so than marvel phase five I absolutely believe that in spite of all of that, because the bar has been lowered significantly by Marvel themselves and, you know, compare DC to its high and lows, it's always going to be compared to the MCU. The The MCU has lowered things so much that it would be stupid if the, if DC studios under James Gunn did not succeed at this point. Well, the problem 
now, which I think is just a problem that exists that nothing can, nobody can do anything about. Like James Gunn, well, he could do something about it, I guess, by not putting as much on his slate. But at this point, I really think that the general audience has superhero fatigue. I've seen it with my own family. I like, I like my, my, and this is a small sample size, but they used to be excited for every comic book movie because they were kind of spread out and it was more of a rare event and they were all pretty good. And now after, after dragging them to Eternals and, and like, you know, I can't, I can't make that same justification trust for every- the trust has been broken right so you know there's not that same excitement but i but that is reflected in the numbers too this is not just an anecdote um it really seems now that the people that are going to see marvel movies right away are people like us that are just going to go no matter what because we're like but at some point even even we're tapping out i mean like i'm not going i have no desire to see shazam fury of the gods and i, I almost went and even at the go. last minute i was like you know i'd rather go walk through aisles at big lots. <laughs> like, right. I was looking but at my it, wife. I'm like, I think I really want to see this movie. It's not even because I don't think I'll enjoy the movie is the thing. Like I, I probably would like it compared to, I, I bet I will probably like it better than Ant-Man and better than like better than Black Panther too. I don't know. I think there's a decent chance I would like it. I'm just, I'm getting fatigued now. I, I'm finally after, I mean, it took a long time. What was it like? I never got superhero fatigue from the Spider-Man movies, the Toby movies, the X-Men movies, because they were still pretty spread out. And then Iron Man, still pretty spread out. MCU, we start to get more stuff. Okay, but I'm not, I don't have a fatigue yet. But now here, after a whole phase four and all the Disney shows and the Disney Plus shows and all the movie and all the shitty movies now, it's like I am fatigued. And it, at some point, it's not even going to matter if it's good because it's the audience is going to be so watered down that it, it like a new Superman, a new Batman is going to be very hamstrung from the beginning because of like 15 years of just, there's just too much superhero stuff now. And at some point audiences are just going to be done with it. Yeah. I, I would say that for me, it started with not with WandaVision, but it happened with Captain America. And, I'm sorry, with Falcon and the winter soldier. Mm-hmm. That was when I was like, you know what, if this is it, I mean, people can go back on Patreon and listen to the entire uh, season review that you know Caleb Franz and I did. That first episode, you by the no. end, you were almost lost your mind. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that first episode, we were like, "This looks like a movie, but it's a TV show." And by the the end of it, Caleb and I were both like, "Fuck this! Like, this is bad. The writing is bad. The acting is off. Everything is just weird. Like this, this is just this is just wrong." And nothing. There was a moment with Moon Knight where I was like, "Okay, like." I can maybe get back into this, but I'm just, you know, that, that excitement, it feels more like a burden that fun has been replaced with. At least it wasn't insert whatever, at least it wasn't eternals. At least it wasn't whatever. And and I mean, you know, I, I feel bad for whoever the actors are who have to play the James Gunn, Superman, the James Gunn, Batman, because they're, you know, there's no there, there's no period to wash our palettes because I mean between Robert Pattinson's uh, the Batman Part Two and uh, Ben Affleck's final appearance as Batman the Flash, we're gonna have like what a different actor playing Batman every year for like three years, and at least between George Clooney in Batman and Robin and Christian Bale's Batman, there was like a seven year difference between when those movies came out. And by the time that happened, it was such a palate cleanser with Batman begins. And even so with Brandon Routh's Superman returns, um, you know, directed by the guy who did the first Brian singer, like they were, while people, those might not be people's favorite movies. They cannot deny that those were big box office hits in 2005 and 2006 when they came out. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, and, and those were hits because they still, again, not to beat this dead horse too much, beat this, uh, reverence dead horse because they had reverence for the characters and then they, and they felt like those characters. Um, but, and that's, we're at a point where it's content for content's sake. And I, I like, I like Rick and Morty. I'm, I'm generally a Rick and Morty fan now. My God, can we stop bringing on Rick and Morty writers for every fucking Marvel project? Like it's it's just it's just gotten out of control. Um, speaking of reverence, by the way, um, did you see that uh, Ryan Coogler is uh is doing a, a new X Files series? <laughs> I don't know. I know you're too I young cannot, for the X Files. Did you ever watch the original? I watched X-Files? the X Files. Yeah, Fox okay. Mulder's my bro. Yeah. All right. Um, I X Files didn't even work when they brought back Fox and Scully. You yeah, think I, I want to. They're going to bring back totally different characters now. I just want to know how they're racist. 
<laughs> I just want to know how we how, know they uh, are. The we just need to know how they are. Um, I, I so so I I, I jest, but I I do genuinely think that Ryan Coogler is a phenomenal director. Um, I have not seen a Ryan Coogler film that I did not enjoy. Uh, my thing is like you know, and I hate to say it, but he set himself up as the black director for black actors and black oriented films. If he does that with X-Files, immediately people are going to be like, oh, he just wanted to take over X-Files because everyone's black. He wants to make everyone black. And that's the thing where it's like, you know, I I would like to see him maybe not fall into his Ryan Kuglerism and do that. And instead, you know, just do what I think is right, which is maybe bring back some of the original cast, Uh, maybe uh you know bring in some new characters obviously because he wants to do it does he want to do this as a tv show or does he want to do this as a movie i believe a tv show you know he's got to bring back some of the same some of the old characters he's got to bring back uh you know he's got to introduce some new ones it's just that you know ryan coogler has well you gotta I give me skinner at least yeah gotta give like, me skinner yeah at least skinner um I, I want it to be a Ryan Coogler film quality wise, but I don't want it to be a film that is just Ryan Coogler's X-Files. Let's put it that way. Where they just cry the whole time. Yeah. That's my experience. with. I, I, you know, when I watched Creed three, which I've talked about for like, I think the last three episodes, it's still probably the best movie I've seen in 2023 so far. Uh, Creed three was directed by Michael B. Jordan. And I was really curious because it's the first of the franchise to not be directed by either uh, Sylvester Stallone or Ryan Coogler, who did the first three films. Ryan Coogler still got a writer and producer credit for Creed three, but Michael B. Jordan did a really fucking good job with Creed three. I'll just put it out there. Like, you know, Ryan Coogler has, has some competition for, for directors like never before. So, well, we got a little, as these things tend to go, we got a little, a little sidetrack from our, from our main daredevil topics. Let's just circle back to that as we wind down here. Cause uh, one thing I want to ask you, since we were going to make some daredevil predictions here, do you think that they can resist putting She-Hulk in this show given Matt's passed with her now. That's MCU canon, given the legal thing. And they ended She-Hulk where they were not necessarily a couple. They're in different cities, but they're kind of like a thing. Can they resist? No, I think they'll bring her in for a quip, but I don't think she's going to be in throughout the I don't want a quip. Series. I don't want to. Uh, I'm not saying I want it either, but no, I have I a feeling that, you know, you've got enough people that are pushing, um, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, devil, She-Devil or whatever. Share-Devil. Yeah, or Murdoch. <laughs> jennifer walters walt doc like whatever the fuck it is like people are pushing that so hard i think it would be hard for them not to at least reference it or include her in a scene i think they're going to do that because they can't help themselves well recently vincent d'onofrio was in some presser talking about uh daredevil stuff and uh he mentioned a couple things well the main thing he mentioned was that at some point now i don't know if at some point doesn't necessarily mean in this daredevil series but he said at some point he's going to kick Spider-Man's ass. So yeah. I'm curious if they're going to bring Spider-Man into this show at some point over 18 episodes. Wouldn't totally shock me, except it would shock me because of the whole weird so, thing. With, with so here's a Sony. bold prediction. I think the blip theory is true. I think this takes place in the five-year gap. Uh, I think it's going to show Wilson Fisk's rise to power because after Daredevil season three, he's basically a free man again he was basically able to escape his his charges and stuff like that and what i think happens is um he becomes the mayor of new york city much like he has been in the recent amazing spider-man daredevil comics well, yeah they and showed a panel in, uh, a panel that is from that mayor fisk run um yeah in recent video so i mean he was even he formed his own thunderbolts like mayor fisk i think he's still the mayor right now um mayor fisk i think will be the villain in the fourth Tom Holland Spider-Man. I'm going to say that he will be uh, maybe one of the villains, but he will be the primary villain. I think they bring back, um, you know, a few people. I think they possibly bring back Scorpion. There are, there are rumors that they even bring back Sandman for Spider-Man 4. What? I, I, the Sandman from? Yes. Say from Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Who was seen the dude from Wings? In, yeah, the guy who was last seen No Way Home. They bring that back- would not fit in a uh, in this kind of tone in the tone, or at least at least it will it would fit in the in the She Hulk tone. 
So it, it all depends what they actually do with the tone. It would certainly not fit in the, the daredevil tone. Well, I, I think we see somebody old, somebody new, but I think Mayor Fisk is the primary antagonist. Interesting. Well, that, that remains to be seen. Uh, if, I mean, if they're going to that, interact. That's my prediction. That's my it, prediction. it almost has to be in that movie unless they're going to bring Spider-Man into the Daredevil show, which wouldn't shock me because Disney I, is just I crossover central now. Every show I, has to be a crossover. Spider-Man, I do not ever. Here's another. It's hard to prediction. picture Tom Holland appearing on a Disney Plus show. I don't but, see it happening ever. I, I don't think. Like, I, this dude's I, in like, movies. Like, while we no have movies. a lot of people in movies who have crossed over to TV, I never see Tom Holland ever again doing that no tom holland is robert downey jr territory robert downey jr is not is not going to ever be in a tv show uh i don't think tom holland ever crosses over into a disney plus show i think he just takes another movie well if that's true and that's what i would that was what my instinct would say too then it almost in a way almost guarantees we're getting kingpin and spider-man movie because what what else could he be referring to unless he's just fanficting the thing but he, he he stated it pretty confidently as if like this was what was discussed to, to for were for things to lead. And if he does become mayor Fisk, um, that is a naturally a place where you can't just limit the story to daredevil because it's going to affect so many other characters that are in that New York realm, which of course, Spider-Man is, is the biggest one. Yeah. There, there's a larger emphasis in, um, you know, Marvel, it seems like they're, they're pushing away from like the intergalactic stuff while we're going to obviously see a giant freaking crazy, a uh, bunch of stories of this multiverse saga leading up to secret wars. I think there is a desire to go back to just like street level superheroes. Like I, I loved, I loved the Brian Singer X-Men movies. And while they were able to cover a lot of different things, um, you know, like even when Matthew Vaughn, who did kick-ass did uh, X-Men first class and stuff, I think there is a desire to see more like grounded superhero movies. I think that's where they want Spider-Man specifically. So, I mean, you've got Spider-Man, you got Daredevil. I've been saying bring back Michael, Col- uh, Mike Coulter is, is Luke Cage. He was awesome. Bring back the chick who was Jessica Jones. Um, you know, I think, I think people want to see something a little bit more grounded, a little bit more old school, so to speak. Indeed. Yep. Well, I guess we will see how this all plays out. We will continue to pop in here, so to speak, every once in a while on SPC Pop, where we look at everything. Yeah, it wasn't even intentional. That's just how good I am. Uh, SPC Pop is, of course, we do this every two weeks, where we look into pop culture, movies, TV, comics, that sort of thing. And then uh, every other other week, is that how you say that? I don't know. You know what I mean? It works. The other weeks is when you get SPC reissued, where we take a look back at comic book issues or storylines of usually of old of latter year, you might say old for Remzo is of course, 2015. So they're not, they're not always that old, uh, but we do take deep dives into you know, stories and things that either we grew up with or our great patrons wanted us to read as we have done for the last few months, but we're coming back, baby. It's going to be me and you producing just like the good old days. We finally paid back our Kirby level patrons for, uh, for the, all the, uh, the shows we owed them through the hiatus. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Remzo wrap us up with this puppy. Tell Folks, them what to please. Do. Tell them how to pay us money, most importantly, if they want. Not, if you want more, if you want more of this audible chocolate into your ear, please go ahead and check out patreon.com slash second pod, where we don't just have audio content. We've got awesome community opportunities, such as joining our private Facebook group, the Second Print Comics Fan Zone. You can go ahead and jump on gym calls, our you know, we call them gym calls, our journey into mystery calls with certain patrons. Uh, I went ahead and jumped at the post office yesterday. I'm mailing out books to people I'm about to go to a comic store this weekend pick up some new graphic novels from some of those patrons and so much more uh, I, uh a few days ago i went ahead and released a patreon preview of our new degenerate panel series so if you were a fan of my old podcast on the run with remzo martinez we went ahead and brought our degenerate panel uh section our degenerate panel show into the patreon but it's a multiversal there, crossing. It's the multiversal crossover. But over there, you can watch the video version. Uh, when I go ahead and release those episodes here and there on the main feed, that will just be audio. So we've got a lot of fun going on. We got a lot of awesome shit happening. Please join the movement to make comic books great again. 
That's second print. Should that be our new slogan? Do we want to go that? Oh, no, you know, I take it back. We're going to get a lot of people on it, on Apple Podcasts. This show used to be good before it became super. Before it became became radical. (laughs) Make comics great. MCGA, that doesn't really roll off the tongue. We'll we'll, we'll ponder on it. Anyway, patreon.com slash second print pod, or go ahead and check out our rest of our stuff at secondprintcomics.com. So patreon.com slash second print pod. If you're listening, don't forget if you're listening right now, if you're just hearing us, you could also see our faces over on YouTube. And we could definitely use the support over on YouTube. We just decided to do the YouTube channel uh, just a month or two ago or so. Um, We had it, but we didn't really do anything with it before. So we could really use uh, subscribers and things like that. Even if you don't watch that way, if you do stuff on YouTube, maybe while you're there, just look us up, hit one of the, hit that thumbs up button here and there, hit a subscribe button, hit a notification button, something like that. I'm not going to beg too much, but it would help us out. We appreciate it. And when in doubt, there's one thing you could do. It's short. It's sweet. It costs you nothing but a moment of your time. It's read comics and change change the the world. world. Good night, America. Adios, friends. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.